following is a paid program on 630 WLAP. This is the Tom Dupree Show on News Radio 630 WLAP and WLAP.com. Welcome to the camp. I guess you all know why we're here. My name is Tommy, and I became aware this year. If you want to follow me, to play pinball and put in your earplugs put on your eye shades you know where to put the cock you got me running going out of my mind you got me thinking that I'm wasting my time throwing me down no 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 I'll tell you what's more before I get up the floor don't bring me down welcome to the Tom Dupree show happy new year happy 2018 that's right first show of the new year that's what I was putting on Facebook yesterday that's right very exciting it's a cold one car said a whopping zero when i got in this morning so hope everybody out there listening i uh, hope you're staying warm and uh we've got a few things we want to cover today so let's get right into it um the dow jones this past week crossed twenty-five thousand for the first time does that mean anything philip um I mean, it means it's never, up, right? Yeah. It means it went up. <laughs> I mean, it's the highest it's ever been. I mean, that's that means something, I Phil- reckon. <laughs> Philip Sexton and Christy Maggard in here with us this morning too. Um, the the market uh, in 2017 uh, had a had a great year in 2017. Um, year to date, it's it's interesting. You look back for with a little perspective. Um, you know, 2016, it's when you had the, the big drop the first two months of the year. Uh, everybody was saying everything was going down and, you know, China and everything was slowing down. So you had all these prognostications of what was going to happen with the market. You know, last year, uh, people were uh, saying that the market, you know, potentially could have a, a choppy year when actually the volatility was one of the lowest mm-hmm. in history. Uh, and now this year, everybody, a lot of the, the analysts out there are saying, oh, this is going to be a great year. So it's it's interesting to see how these analysts come out and make their, their predictions. Early year predictions. Early year predictions. And uh, Darsh and I were talking about it last week. It, it, it very seldom plays out the way that anybody expects. And at Dupree Financial Group, we're we're not in the business of making a prediction on what the market's going to do. That's that's not that's not what we do. We don't know what the stock market's going to do. Uh, what we do is analyze companies. It's, I mean, it's a losing battle trying to make a prediction. There's a thousand possible outcomes, and you're trying to predict which one it'll be. I mean, there's 999 of them that are going against you. Right. I mean, right. You know, it's just so so. Because we don't know what the market is going to do, mm-hmm. how do we go about building a portfolio for our clients? Uh, when it's it's all based on 
research, um, fundamental analysis of companies. How does that sort of mitigate some of the risk of volatility in the market or not knowing the, the, the unknown? How does that take some of that risk out of it? So, you know, at the pre-financial group, that's what we we strive to to have the best communication and uh, do you know the best research that we possibly can. Um, you know, we feel like we're only going to get into things that we understand, uh, you know, that produce good, consistent, predictable cash flow. Uh, I was going to say, you might want to specify what kind of research. I mean, research just something. I mean, we're not talking about research in a lab. We're talking about research on specific companies yes. and trying to see their, their history. Um, have they been paying a dividend? No, that, that's that's a great point. You know, yeah. how, what what kind of research do we do? Yeah, what? Yeah, we, we we are we read. You know, we look at all the financials of a company. We talk with. Uh, the management, management, investor relations, try to learn as much as we can about the the company, the sector that that company's in, whatever business that they're in, and try to understand that and then come to a conclusion from that. Yeah, because, I mean, the the S&P being up, what it closed 2017 up, a little over 20%. Yeah. You know, that that right there is unpredictable, like you said. Uh, What you can predict, is income you know if, if you've got a portfolio that's producing dividends that have consistency that's more predictable than hey we're getting 20 percent this mm-hmm. year mm-hmm. Well, back up on that why is why are dividends more predictable <laughs> because all a dividend is is a piece of the profits that a company produces it is not the uh the consumer sent the not well not I'm not going to use that word. It's not the 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 investor sentiment in the company. Uh, so, you know, uh, Kinder Morgan, for example, that that's one that uh, uh, you know we've looked at mm-hmm. uh, and we've talked about on the radio before. Yeah, uh, it's just the natural gas pipeline company. Mm-hmm. You know, they they take the gas from A <laughs> to B. Right. They're transporting it. They're transporting yeah. it. Yeah, and they collect a fee on that. Mm-hmm. That right there. So as long as electricity, a, a greater percentage of electricity in the United States is produced by natural gas and and heat as well. You know, as long as you have that necessary need for natural gas on side B, then side A will continue to transport it. Kinder Morgan will continue to have a fee, which then they will continue to have a consistent stream of cash flow, a consistent stream of earnings that will produce a consistent stream of dividends. Now, businesses can change, and that's that's part of our, our job, too, is to monitor these, these companies because Kinder Morgan in 2014, they cut their dividend. Yes. So a dividend is not guaranteed by the company, but – you can a lot of times uh, see when something's uh, coming down the pike. Uh, if, if there's a problem with the business, then you can see that, okay, this is, this is a real issue that's going to impact the, the fundamentals of the business, which could call into question that income stream versus 
uh, emotion in the stock market. I don't know what some people are going to do on on Monday with the market. I don't know if they're going to mm-hmm. be you know giddy or worried on <laughs> Monday. So it's it's you can wrap your arms around individual companies and in then those income streams better. Yeah, it, it, exactly. You know, and Kinder Morgan might not have been the best example. No, no. I mean, that's, that's, a, that's yeah, a great that's example. A good one. I mean, and that's the thing. You know, we we saw that coming. A lot of the market actually saw that coming too. Mm-hmm. It's it's. You know, and, and from a ability to produce cash flows to pay that dividend, that wasn't necessarily impaired on Kinder Morgan's end. It was the ability to continue to pay for their their continued growth on certain pipelines mm-hmm. without impairing their balance sheet. It, which which brings us to, you know, today it, it's in the portfolio for our clients and Nothing we talk about on the show, uh, these are not recommendations. It's just this is uh, research that we've done, and we're sharing kind of our uh, approach uh, with you. But this is not a recommendation. But Kinder Morgan, because of the, the cuts that they made in 2014, they're now able to, like you said, fund the growth from the cash flow for the company, and they're expecting to raise that dividend now. Exactly. You could also say another company, again, not a recommendation, GE. Mm-hmm. That's something you've been watching because they've basically thrown out everything but the kitchen sink. Sure. Maybe and, even the kitchen Right. Maybe, maybe even the kitchen even. sink. It's yeah. always it's been a company that people um it's a long standing company, a company that people have great uh brand recognition. Um they have continued to um change and morph kind of the products and services that they are um known for. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, because of all the news about it, and at the end, towards the end of 2017, uh, it's a stock that has definitely taken a hit. But it is one that people are, are going to continue to watch. Mm-hmm. Um, I, am I right? They did cut their dividend. Yeah, they, they cut right? the dividend by half, and they cut their guidance uh, by half. Right. Um, so now they they have had issues, and that's been combination uh business and management management i was gonna um, say they have a whole new they've got a whole new CEO management and, ceo management right. team in there um and it looks like they've positioned themselves where potentially uh they can get back on track uh to where hopefully they should be and hopefully over time you see the dividend going back up and maybe even some price appreciation yeah and i, I think that I'm going to add another layer of consistency on here too. I, you know, I always say consistent cash flows and consistent earnings lead to consistent dividends. Well, you have to consistently monitor those consistent cash, <laughs> right? Because, like, like because they can become inconsistent. Inconsistent. Yeah, that's exactly. possible. And that 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 is one thing that that we try to do is you know we're we're constantly going over these every every time they have an earnings call. Yeah, that's what I was going to say is that you all definitely sit in on the earnings calls because things can change quarter to quarter and or they may even kind of allude to something, you know, uh, foreshadowing or, uh, you know, uh, make some kind of statement about future plans or whatnot. So I think that's another level of the of the research and is staying on stuff and constantly reading you know, uh, online every day about the certain companies that are on on the short list or even on the parking list, you know, like <laughs> right. the list that you're, you're thinking about. C- complacency can be very dangerous. It can be very easy to, to set in with investing. Let's take a break. You're listening to the Tom Dupree Show on News Radio 630 WLAP. 
A new year. North Korea. New tax law. Sexual abuse. The American economy. Is always a news year. New ideas. New journeys. New challenge. New normal. In the new year. News Radio 630. WLAP. Hi, this is Tom Dupree Jr. Are you happy about how well your 401k or retirement account investments have performed this year? If so, you're not alone. It's been a good year for stocks. But remember one thing, retirement accounts are meant to provide income primarily. If your account has done well this year, you might want to look at how to convert those gains to income production. You may be pleasantly surprised. For a free assessment of your retirement account's income potential, call Dupree Financial Group at 859-233-0400 for a no-obligation appointment. Also, listen to The Tom Dupree Show Saturdays, 8 to 9 a.m. at News Radio 630 WLAP. That's Dupree Financial Group at 859-233-0400 and DupreeFinancial.com. 630 WLAP. Welcome back to the Tom Dupree Show. Got a little ELO playing for you this morning. Philip, let's let's jump right back into what we were talking about. Um, understanding the investments when you're investing in a company or when, you, when you're investing uh, your savings, understanding what it's invested in. Hey, exactly. You know, that's what we've got this article from... Uh... Yeah, I guess this is the Wall Street Journal here. Um, so it's titled as Dow Tops 25,000 Individual Investors Sit It Out. Uh, just want to read a quick little snippet. Yeah, please. Um, you know, it talks about, so <clears throat> kind of talks about, uh, you know, some of the individual investors and their thinking process on investing and things of that nature. But uh, here's a here's a good quote from the article. It says, Sean Goodspeed who's 33, said he dipped his toes into investing shortly after college. After taking advice from CNBC, he said he invested small sums in bank stocks in 2007 and 2008, watching his small investment shrink during the ensuing crisis. He's quoted saying, it was a good learning experience. Now I'll invest only in things that I understand. Out of that whole entire article, that... (laughs) was the most intelligent uh intelligently spoken i probably screwed that all up <laughs> that was very intelligent that was that was you know very well spoken um very well said yes from from you know well a, said, an individual investor because you know it, it's it's great to have you know good companies and things of that nature but if you don't really understand them then when you do have volatility you're liable to make the wrong choices. Right. Well, two takeaways that I have from that quote right there, and they're big problems to me. One, he was taking advice from CNBC. You know, I mean, <laughs> they're, they're, the, the news media, they are in the business of selling 
articles. So it's always going to be a headline. Um, fear or greed, one or the other. You can look at almost almost any article out there when they're touting a stock. It's fear or greed. And it, it doesn't cut to the fundamentals of these companies. A lot of times you can use what the media's putting out there as kind of a gauge on what's going on. And a lot of times, or sometimes anyway, when they're talking bad about a sector or a company, sometimes that's when there's some value there. Like financials in 08, 09, the, depending on which one it was, there was some real value there. So right. depending on which ones this guy had, he may have, should have just bought more if he had the disposable income to do that. Uh, or if he had a, a, a correctly balanced portfolio, he would have had something on the sidelines to be able to go in and take advantage of that kind of a reaction in the market. Exactly. And, you know, that it's it's so weird how you say that. It's just like kind of follow the news in, in a sense is that, you know, when all the news is good, then it only takes a little piece of bad news to kind of change the direction of the herd per se. Right. And when all the news is bad, it kind of only takes a little piece of good news to maybe change the direction of the herd. Right. And, you know, but you also, you need to understand what you're investing in. Like, mm -hmm. you know, because that's, you, you need to understand how the cash flows happen, how the earnings happen, you know, how that dividend is produced. Right. Well, I also think like what the economic impact is going to be if, x happens or if y happens you know what i mean i think just uh not necessarily i don't can't think of an example with banks but you know um uh, the electric car how is that going to affect the the gas industry you know i mean so or the developing of that those technologies so i mean it's interesting you have to know i feel like uh, something about that sector and know that what's going to be the influences, what's going to make um positive changes what's going to make negative changes uh, you kind of need to just like you said, wrap your, your arms around it and really feel like you have a basic understanding of the things that could 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 definitely positively or negatively impact. Right, right. It, it, you, you take it beyond step one. You, 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 okay, if this happens, then this will happen. Well, what if this happens? Right. And you, you keep going down that line. You try to think of different scenarios that could affect a company or a sector. And we talk about the moat. I think that's yeah. probably one of the most interesting um, concepts that I've learned with my time at Dupree Financial is is just because you like a company, okay, but are there other, are there fifteen others just like it? Mm. You know, and so the moat is the idea of is how um, uh, unique is it? Mm -hmm. um, if you think about a, a moat, literally a, a castle, and what it, the moat around it, we're thinking of Game of Thrones, kind of, and and you're thinking of <laughs> what could get to it, what could penetrate it, what could uh, affect it, um, influence it, um, how unique. Um, and so I think that's that's something that I really think about when we're talking about these different companies. Is okay, what what's their moat status? Right, you could almost say right. And let's take take a little step back. The reason we do the research is so we're a registered investment advisor the reason we're talking about our approach is because we don't adhere to the idea that the market is efficient uh, which typically is the assumption that's made with index funds etfs that the that everybody knows all the information that's out there and the market's efficient everything's priced as it should be 
in the long run, that might be the case. The, the market is typically correct in the long run. In the short run, it can be highly inefficient. And we do our research to try to build a portfolio. And, it, and the key here is an income-producing portfolio for our clients. So we're not out there doing research just for kicks and giggles. <laughs> right. You know, I mean, it's, it's, not, it's not just for fun, uh, although it is fun. Um, but so it's, it's to build an income-producing portfolio. Exactly. And, you know, here, here's, a, here's a question I want to pose to you, too, because, you know, we've talked about a couple of companies that we've, we've looked at recently in GE and Kinder, you know, looked at adding back and things. Um, you know, I, and I would say that because that article I just read, you know, it talks about individual investors sitting it out because they feel that the market's expensive. And so, you know, when someone asks you the question, in an expensive market like this, how are you able to add a new name? Mm -hmm. you That's know, good, yeah. Well, how, would, how would you answer that question to, to, you know, just a regular, just everyday Joe? Well, there's, there's always, you're posing the question to me? I'm posing the okay, question Okay, okay. Uh, so <laughs> th there's always things in the market that are expensive or, and things that are cheap. And if you're, if you're digging, you can find things that have a relative value um, and that uh, look attractive. Um, it could be energy. You know, energy was out of favor for a long time, a couple years. Um, it could be insurance, you know, property and casualty reinsurance. When all the, the hurricanes, the uh, fires, everything was going on, those were out of favor. Um, it could be an event like Brexit, where you had European companies on sale. Um, so if, if you're keeping perspective and seeing what's going on, there's always pockets of value out there. Exactly. Exactly. And you always have to understand what's driving that indice as well. Right. That's a perfect segue. We're going to get on that <laughs> next segment. You're listening to the Tom Dupree show on news radio, 630 WLAP. Hey folks, it's Jerry at Magic Paper Shop, and the reactions from all of our new Lexington customers is priceless. They can't believe the selection of just how many flavors we carry, with some of the best-tasting e-juices on the planet, man. Second, they go, wow, buy four, get one free coils? They've never heard of that before. There's a coupon I can just show you from our website on my phone, and I get to save an instant 15% in December on all of y'all's stuff in the whole store? Come on now, why do you guys carry 17 flavors of menthol and tobacco? When you have all these other tasty flavors like Skipper Jerry's, LaBanger 120's, Buttermilk High, Space Jam. Over 111 flavors right now. Magic Vapor Shop of Lexington is located right next to Pizza Hut at 3094 Richmond Road. Come on in and check us out. I love hanging out and working with the counter for the first couple of weeks of a brand new store. So come on in and I'll say it's nice to meet ya. Or go online and check out our selections anytime at www.magicvaporshop.com. There's no getting around it. The most common New Year's resolution is to get in shape. The gyms fill up and the headphones go on. Make sure you have the iHeartRadio app streaming into those ears. iHeartRadio has the perfect workout mix for you. 24-hour cardio mix radio, hip-hop workout radio, club jam country, plus customized playlists to get you moving. Stick with your workout and stick with iHeartRadio. All your favorite music, all your favorite stations, all free. iHeartRadio. 
President Trump and GOP leaders getting down to business on the Cummings year agenda. They're meeting this morning at Camp David. It comes as the president and the White House are also firing back on the new best-selling book, Fire and Fury. The White House is not happy at all about the characterization of an administration that's adrift and rife with infighting and chaos. Uh, the president objecting on Twitter, saying Michael Wolff is a total loser who made up stories in order to sell this really boring and untruthful book. Untruthful, perhaps, but boring, not so much. Hundreds of passengers arriving at New York's JFK International last night, only to find they had to wait hours before they could get off their planes. Matt Stein and his new bride waited seven hours on a China Air flight, returning from their honeymoon. Uh, we landed at 11.57 at JFK, expecting to get off the plane. We were told first by the pilot that we were going to have to wait about three hours to get to a gate. Three hours came and went. Port Authority says due to a backlog from the winter storm. Michelle Franz and ABC News. Setting the stage for a nasty mix of precipitation coming into town late this weekend into Monday. Short term on this Saturday. It is another frigid day out there. Upper teens and low 20s with a mix of sun and clouds. We will begin to see clouds increasing on your Sunday. By Sunday evening, Freezing rain, sleet, snow developing in many areas, setting the stage for icy travel Sunday night into early Monday. If you are planning to travel, keep that in mind. I'm WKYT Chief Meteorologist Chris Bailey on your official weather station. We are News Radio 630 WLAP. Broadcasting live 24 7 from the heart of Big Blue Nation. This is News Radio 630 WLAP, an iHeart Radio station. I'm Steve Drury, Senior Pastor of the Trinity Hill United Methodist Church located at the corner of Tate's Creek and Armstrong Mill Roads. I once had someone ask me, do you believe God will give me a second chance? The question surprised me. Yes, I answered, but God's grace doesn't have anything to do with numbers. If we sincerely want forgiveness and seek His love, His mercy and grace are always there for us. God gives second chances, third, fourth, and so on. Those of us who have found forgiveness over and over again know He is more about mercy than judgment. He doesn't give up on us even when we have given up on Him. Many of you listening today find yourself starting over in lots of different ways. Be sure and allow God to give you a new beginning as well. He wants to walk with you through your new beginnings. We would love to have you start all over again with us at Trinity Hill. I hope you will come and worship with us this Sunday. What's that noise? That's the home security guy. He's installing our alarms. You're going to be safe as clams when I'm done drilling this sucker in. Yeah, maybe we should have gone with Simply Safe. The neighbors love theirs. They set it up in half an hour. No drilling, no wires, no installation fee. And 24-7 professional monitoring is only $15 a month with no long-term contracts. I'll just pop a rug over this hole. It'll be fine. Go to simplysafe.com slash radio now to get free shipping on your order and a free keychain remote worth $25. Simplysafe.com slash radio. 30 WLAP. Welcome back to the Tom Dupree Show. Philip, we ended the last break. Um, you're talking about we're talking about knowing what you own, what's causing something to move one way or the other. Um, 
We started out talking about the the Dow Jones crossing twenty five thousand Dow Jones index, which is uh, uh, an index built of thirty uh, companies. Uh, then you have the S and P five hundred, which is five hundred companies. Technically, I believe it's five hundred and five. Technically, but um, so w- you look at the the constituents that make up the indexes. And the S&P is market cap weighted. So the larger the company, the higher the weighting in the index. The Dow is a little different. The Dow is price weighted. So it looks at the share price of a company. Uh, it doesn't matter what the, the index or, or what the market cap is, which is just the shares outstanding times the share, share price. Uh, it just looks at the price of the stock. So you could have a company that's a third the size of another company by market cap, but it has twice the share price and it gets a higher weighting. So when we're looking at these indexes, uh, what has been the primary driver of like the S&P 500 over the last year? Tech. I mean, when when you really break it down, so when you look at the, the sector weightings, uh, the tech sector has grown to almost a fourth of the indice uh and you know i i think that there's uh i think there's there's some importance behind that be two things i think first off that's the highest percentage that that sector has had and it's it's continued to grow like as a grow it grow its um market share uh, mm-hmm. over the past five years or so. I mean, it's just continued to grow, and it's the highest it's been since the tech bubble of 01, or, you know, 2000, 2001. Uh, that on top of, you know, when you look at, you read these articles, and, uh, you know, the one we just talked about earlier is the, you know, individual investors sit it out because they, you know, they don't necessarily like the market and all these things that says the market's expensive. But then on the flip side, you know, I can't tell you how many times I hear you invested in tech, you know, you, you, you buying, you buying Apple, like what about Amazon? You know, you get what I'm saying. It's like Mm -hmm. Amazon continues to go up. Google continues to go up, you know, and they continue. And when it is a outsized portion of the market, you know, if, if the rest of the market pieces stay flat or you've got energy or, you know, uh, consumer staples or something that might be down a percent if you've got both of those pieces down a percent so let's go with uh these weightings here yeah so uh consumer staples is 12 and a half percent and no that's down i mean it's eight percent sorry eight percent and energy six percent of the market now that's 14 percent if they're both down a percent and your tech sector is up a percent the market's still up right you know and and the tech sector now has become a bigger portion of the market. So from that standpoint, that could potentially give credence to the fact that there are portions of the market that have good value mm-hmm. still. Right. <clears throat> the The weighting of technology, <coughs> that in and of itself isn't really the concern. The concern is the valuation of that sector. You look at technology. I mean, Facebook, for example, it's got a PE of 36. Uh, let's look at uh, let's look at 
Google. Google, Google here. Yeah. Or Alphabet, technically. <laughs> Google Alphabet has a PE of 36.8. <coughs> so the, the issue, if you look at tech in general across... Now, Apple's a little bit of an exception. Uh, it's got a lower PE... Uh, because it has uh, part of that has to do with the cash that it has overseas, uh, but it does have a lower PE. When you look at the S and P 500 and the weighting to the technology, it's that it's a, a heavy weighting in expensive stocks. That's what you boil it down to. That's that's what's concerning to us. That's why we don't we talk about the indexes because everybody follows them. Everybody follows the Dow. Everybody follows the S&P 500. But when, you, when your investment portfolio is tracking one of those indexes, then you have embedded an expensive part of the portfolio, and that's the, the heaviest weighted part of the portfolio. What we try to do when we're building the portfolio is look at areas that might be out of favor or have a more attractive uh, multiple than – than what the expensive one is because inevitably at some point we're going to have a down market mm -hmm. and typically the one the sector or the company that has a higher multiple is the one that will get hit the hardest Harder, right. typically yeah and you know it, it's the sector waiting like you said that that doesn't really matter a whole lot to us but when you when you bring it into perspective though the the last time that the tech sector had a huge, huge position, uh, a piece of the pie was 2000, 2001. And it took, so from an indice, indice uh, perspective, the NASDAQ, which is yeah. basically all tech, mm -hmm. it took, what, 15 years almost? To rebound. To rebound. Yeah. yeah. You know, that, that right there. So that's why we focus on, you know the valuations of our companies, how their cash flows are produced, and the consistency around things. Right, and the the issue is, especially because what we deal with is retirement investing, and when you're entering in or getting close to retirement, and you've got a big piece of your portfolio in something that's expensive and that doesn't pay dividends, you're setting yourself up for the potential <coughs> to have losses when that sector goes out of favor because the, these companies they don't pay dividends google doesn't pay a dividend um and when you when your when your stock doesn't pay a dividend you kind of lose one of those safety nets mm -hmm. because if if a company pays a dividend and the share price goes down and it continues to pay that same dividend because share price and dividend are independent of each other. That's right. Uh, they're not, they don't necessarily follow each other. So if the share price goes down and it's paying the same dividend dollar amount, it's a higher yield. Mm -hmm. And you will typically have investors come in and buy a stock because it's a higher yield. So you kind of have a, a safety net underneath you, something like Alphabet, there's there's not there there is no safety net there um and in the short run especially uh so that's why we're looking for companies that pay dividends and especially if somebody's taking income from the portfolio then those dividends that's what you're living on it's not the price 
and liquidating the yeah, shares. Because if you're taking income in retirement, even owning Alphabet, even if it continues to grow, may not necessarily be the best idea because, you know, it, it, it's not like you can take just the growth. Of, right. you, you've got to sell a share, share. of stock. Well, right. and that's what I was going to say is sometimes when you all say the the share is very expensive, there may not be that in much anticipated extra growth. I mean, there could be. There may not be. I mean, you know right. what I mean? Amazon may stay where it is right now and dance around its its price. It, it goes up, it goes down a little bit every day, but it's very expensive. So people trying to, yeah. oh, I, need, I think I need to own Amazon or I need to own Google right now. Well, it's so expensive to buy that share, and we don't even know how much more it's going to grow, y- right. y- the potential. Right. So, it, it, and, it, and it may. It very well could. But the, the important thing isn't... Let's say it does grow. Not knowing the sequence and, and how that's going to mm-hmm. grow. Let's say you have a year where there are where there's no growth, and then a year where it's you know a big percentage right. growth the following year. Well, if you're taking income that year where there is no growth, you're selling shares, shares. during that time to generate that income. Right, and then the year that there is growth, you have less shares. Right, exactly, exactly. So what we're trying to do is generate income that regardless of what the share price is doing in the short run that you're still getting paid while you wait for the share price because we we want growth in in the portfolio too yeah but it's it's more of a uh it's it's not making a bet that hey somebody's going to come along and pay more for it just because it's a hot sector well and then talk about a little bit if you're not taking any income, mm-hmm. the dividends can be used to buy additional shares. Exactly. So that's another, then you have, instead of 25 shares, you've now bought 27 shares off of that income. Exactly. So now you have 27 shares that are producing a dividend. Exactly. And so that's a great way. It, yes. And and even, let's say, let's say you've had an index fund or you have these, these stocks that have gone way up, you can buy right now more shares of dividend paying things so you're taking some of that growth mm-hmm. and creating an income stream from that growth exactly and you know it's we don't necessarily look at like you said the hot sectors um but as christy said when you have the income coming in in retirement uh even if you're not even not in retirement and you've got it compounding you know we're not going to buy Amazon right now, but let's say that, uh, like you said, it's stuff turns around. Amazon gets down to a a fifteen PE or something like that because the tech sector uh, had a had a big hit. Well, we might really start to look at a company like that and say, "Hey, there's some consistency here." Mm-hmm. You know, that's when we we like to do our thing, right? Uh, looking at the kind of the same, we, we touched on the S&P 500, but the Dow, um, Boeing uh, makes up the, the largest weighting mm-hmm. of the Dow, which is 8%. Now, it, that was, I was one uh, company, one company um, it, which, you know, it, it's it, the last thousand point move in the Dow, uh, Boeing added 137 points of that thousand move. Um, and here's, here's the other thing I was touching on. Uh, 
Boeing, uh, it's three times the weighting of Walmart, even though Walmart uh, is worth about a hundred billion more than Boeing in in market cap size. Uh, but because of Boeing's share price, it has an outsized weighting, and because the outsized weighting and the price has gone up, that's added so much more to the the Dow. So the indexes can get they. Essentially, they're victims of their own success. You have uh, prices that go up in a stock, and when you're buying into an index, you're buying more of the expensive stuff. Exactly at that expensive price. Yeah, because that, if you bought a if you bought a, a a Dow Jones tracking indice, so basically eight percent of your portfolio is now in Boeing. 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 Right. You know that that is a heavy, heavy weighting. For any stock. For a stock that's gone up 80% thereabouts in a year. Um, and you're buying it at these prices. And with an index, you don't have the flexibility of saying, okay, I want to sell some of my Boeing because it's expensive. You can't do you it. You can't do that. You can't pick and choose which ones you want to add more to or get rid of. Right. No. It's- and, and in a taxable account, that can uh, cause tax consequences later on in the year if if there's rebalancing there uh, or if there's outflows uh, from uh, investors. Let's take a break. Uh, you're listening to the Tom Dupree Show on News Radio 630 WLAP. Jerusalem, Israel's capital. Wildfires Senator Frank will be resigning. It was December. Net neutrality. Amtrak train. 2017. Frigid cold. 2018. Tax cuts. I'm signing this right now. Happens here. News Radio 630 WLAP. Hi, this is Tom Dupree Jr. Are you happy about how well your 401k or retirement account investments have performed this year? If so, you're not alone. It's been a good year for stocks. But remember one thing, retirement accounts are meant to provide income primarily. If your account has done well this year, you might want to look at how to convert those gains to income production. You may be pleasantly surprised. For a free assessment of your retirement account's income potential, call Dupree Financial Group at 859-233-0400 for a no-obligation appointment. Also, listen to the Tom Dupree Show Saturdays 8 to 9 a.m. at News Radio 630 WLAP. That's Dupree Financial Group at 859-233-0400 and DupreeFinancial.com. 630 WLAP. Welcome back to the Tom Dupree Show. Good, good pick. Um, the music this morning. Thank you. Thanks. Yeah. Thanks. Uh, I'm not a huge ELO fan, but some of their some of their songs I love. Oh, yeah. It's just kind of peppy. Peppy. And, That's a good. I was yeah. going to use that word. Yeah. I think ye- yesterday I heard uh, uh, Showdown on the radio. Okay. I was like, "That's that's what we need to." I like it. I like it. Jeff Lynn. He's great. Um, Christy, you you uh, brought this up. <laughs> um, couple days ago and I think it's uh, I think it's worth discussing um, there was an article in Wall Street Journal uh, why does shampoo still command a stock market premium 
And the article's talking about uh, the consumer staple companies, uh, things like Procter & Gamble, Unilever, Nestle. Um, and it, it's, it's interesting, which all, all of those companies we have owned mm-hmm. uh, in the past, um, the, the issue that we saw with these is what this article is pointing out, that uh, you've not seen much in the way of revenue growth mm-hmm. of any of these companies. Um, Kraft, Kraft Heinz, uh, which that has an interesting history behind it. We won't get into it, but it's, it's interesting how that merger happened. Um, their big thing, which is 3G Capital is the one that did the merger with Berkshire Hathaway in there as well. Um, their big thing is cost cutting. Which is fine. Uh, that's been that's been very successful for Kraft. How to make things and make them more efficiently or uh, cheaper? Yes, <laughs> and they're they're uh, they're violent <laughs> in terms of their cost cutting. They really right. are. But you can only cut your way so far if you're if you're not selling more and earning more money. Cost cutting only gets you so far. And then if you don't if you don't start seeing growth. Then you've got to go out and acquire another company and cut costs there and try to get the synergies, which they made a bid on Unilever, Unilever right? last year. Yeah. <clears throat> That's right. Um, which Unilever fought back, and they were able to hold off uh, Kraft Heinz. I actually got to go to Unilever yeah. when, in London and uh, meet with their financial advisors. Or they're not financial advisors. They're um, investor relations. Investor relations. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and... Um, it is very interesting that talk about that segment of the market of consumer goods and how products and services are um, definitely influenced by people's, you know, oh, cocoa butter is now a, a huge craze. And so now you see all products going to have cocoa butter. And then yet the ones that don't get cut or um, right. people trends change. Um, but we were seeing that these companies really weren't have producing any growth and we couldn't we weren't sure how much they were going to grow and the and the the key is they weren't growing the business but the stock price had gone Gone up uh, right significantly and and if anything they were actually cutting some of their products i mean they were trying to streamline um the change in what people nutrients you know so some products were getting cut because they didn't have what people, what consumers were wanting or demanding or looking for right. in certain ingredients. And, and that's where continuous monitoring of a company, th- you can have a good company with a good product base, a good moat. E- everything on paper looks nice until you start looking at what's going on behind the scenes and you look at the valuation. So we don't we don't view these companies in in isolation we, we look at the fundamentals because if Nestle, you know, hadn't grown revenue in three or four years, but the share price had gone through the roof, which means their current yield is lower, you can back yourself into a corner where you have a good company okay. that's overpriced and you can get your head knocked off in terms of share price movement. Now, if consumer staples were to go out of favor with the market, which that's not the case right now. They're, they're, I mean, they're, you can see it by their price. Right. That's when we would get more interested in it because the yield would be higher. Valuations would be more attractive. But you've got so many potential issues working against them. Interest rates going up. That could hurt them. Mm-hmm. Uh, consumer sentiment 
uh, that's got to change, which may or may not. Um, so there's a lot of things working against these companies mm-hmm. right now. Well, and you touched on, on, you know, you talked about revenue growth too, but at the same time, for a consumer stable company, I think that what what caused the revenue growth because there's two pieces of that pie as well from uh, Unilever, Procter and Gamble, any of those companies, Kraft Heinz. From that standpoint, is was it price? Uh, did they did they increase prices on, on the products you're talking about? Yeah, right. You know, just to, mm-hmm. just to outpace inflation by a little bit, or was it volume growth? You know, and I think that that's even another yep. big yeah. uh, issue that we've we've had with the sector over the past couple of years is that, you know, really when you started to boil it down, the revenue growth that a lot of the companies did have were created by solely just price increases across their their chains, right. and. You can only, that's another thing, you can only do that for so long. You, well, you yeah. can, and, and my background, I know that if you keep raising the prices on certain products, people will, someone else will come out with a cheaper product yeah. and offer, may say that we're private a, label. A, a private label yeah. um, and and hurt the the brand, the name brands. Mm-hmm. And so then you have a switch to, okay, I'm, I'm not going to buy uh, Kleenex, I'm going to go buy generic Target tissue. You know, it's probably... A very very similar product, and that can can affect <laughs> sales, and and then also you know competition in the sense of Unilever and and Procter and Gamble are all making very similar products. Sure. So you know um, that is definitely something that doesn't make the remote as strong. Yeah, and and, and online competition mm-hmm. uh, that takes away part of the moat of you know hey we market so we've got shelf space that's not as much of a moat as it used to be. Taking a, a step back, if you know listeners out there, if if what we're talking about sounds interesting to you, uh, give us a call. Uh, you can reach us at the office two three three zero four hundred. Obviously, we're here. We're not there right now, <laughs> but you know, leave a message. We'll give you a call. Um, yeah, we don't charge anything for the meeting to come in, sit down, look at the look at complimentary. Your, yes, look at look at your portfolio. Um, we don't work on commission, uh, so our our interests are aligned uh, with our clients. You can go to our website, DupreeFinancial.com, to uh, see our beautiful faces, but actually to learn more about us. Um, you can actually, if you're interested in this, the first time you listen to the show, you can hear um, old other shows, and we're actually doing uh, reviews and summaries of, of other shows, so you can kind of see what we are consistently talking about. There's that consistent word again. But yes, our number is 859-233-0400. And if you're if you're not into the whole phone call situation, right. the info at dupreefinancial.com, uh, send us an email. You know, mm-hmm. We'd love to help you. Yeah, reach out to us. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Philip, Christy, thank you for being here this morning. It's been our pleasure. Uh, listening to the Tom Dupree Show on News Radio 630 WLAP.